1: Fox 2 presents Hancock and Kelly. Welcome to Hancock and Kelly here on Fox 2. Sit back, buckle up. We've got a half hour to get through two weeks of material. On the right, John Hancock. Morning. On the left, Michael Kelly. Morning. And I'm John Brown. Of course, the big story this week, it was a mess. After a tense political firestorm in D.C., lawmakers preparing to head home for a recess. Or will they? Big debate about whether or not the president has acted inappropriately. Here's a recap with Ray Bogan before we begin.
2: You know what this is? Political
0: theater. Mixed reaction in Washington one day after lawmakers heard testimony from the acting director of national intelligence. This is unprecedented. Democrats argue the whistleblower's complaint released to Congress is further evidence the president illegally strong-armed his Ukrainian counterpart, asking him to investigate Joe Biden. Republicans disagree, saying there was no quid pro quo. It is wrong
1: uh, for any foreign government to interfere in our elections. And here
0: you have the president of the United States asking for that.
1: We now have the speaker
0: of the House saying she wants to impeach. And I say, for what? And she says, for a cover-up. This is transparent. That is hardly a cover-up. In a blast of tweets this morning, the president is now calling for the resignation of Congressman Adam Schiff, saying the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee lied to Congress when he recited what Schiff later called a parody version of the president's call.
3: This is the essence of what the president communicates. And I'm gonna say this only seven times, so you better listen good. I want you to make up dirt on my political opponent, understand lots of it.
1: He was dressing up like a congressman, reading fantasy. If the call is so incriminating, why doesn't Adam Schiff just read the call? It's not, he has to make it up.
0: The House is in recess for the next two weeks, Democrats are urging lawmakers to use the time to talk about the impeachment inquiry with their constituents. In Washington, Ray Bogan, Fox News. All
1: right, there is no way to put into one story like that everything that's gone on. I'll let you start first. So impeachment <laughs> Thanks, inquiry, Brown. you get to go first. You get a break for a second. Uh, where, where do we go from here? Is there enough? Can you move forward with an impeachment here leading up to 2020, or where do you see Well, if you've got 218 votes, you can impeach anybody.
2: I mean, that's the lesson in Congress, and, and perhaps they do. What's not here, at least so far, is a high crime or a misdemeanor. There is nothing that's been released, including the whistleblower statement, certainly that transcript of the conversation. Uh, there's, there's no high crime or misdemeanor here. Is, is there inappropriate? Uh, is the president asking a foreign government to investigate his, his rival's kid? Is that inappropriate? Yeah, that's inappropriate. Is it a high crime? It is not. Is it impeachable? It's impeachable if they've got 218 votes.
3: Yeah, and I think that, look, let's be clear. This is an impeachment inquiry, and it gives the Democrats and the Congress more opportunity to investigate. What more do we need to know? We have a president of the United States once again, the second time, trying to get a foreign government involved in an election. I mean, and to use our own aid as his leverage to get what he wanted. And then he releases this transcript thinking this is going to make him look good, Look, this is all about the rule of law. We can't constantly spiral into politics and blah, blah, blah. This is a, the grand old party, the GOP, used to be the party of the rule of law. And to sit idly by and say, ah, this, it may not be bad, but we ought not impeach him, goodness gracious what's going on. Well, the
2: rule of law has to do with breaking the law. And nobody has shown any evidence at this point that President Trump broke the law. Uh, you know, i am un- am I comfortable with him talk- raising Joe Biden and raising crowdsource uh, in an interview with a foreign government that's dependent on our military aid for their survival? Am I uncomfortable? Yes, I am. Uh, and somebody should have stopped him from doing that. You know, one of the things that, that is clear to me in this administration is that on the inner circle, there's nobody there bringing a contrary point of view. And, you know, you would think and you would hope that you would have some senior level advisors that would say, Mr. President, Maybe that's not the best way to approach this subject with
3: the, the president no, of Ukraine. And in fact, what happened is those senior advisors worked to make sure that they could hide this call from ever even getting out. I mean, if that's not blatant, that they realized, wow, the guy just screwed up, and well, now we're going to help him try to hide you're gonna
2: it? it? You're going to have a hard time proving a cover-up when all the documents have been released.
1: Well, I think that's one of the things that stood out to me. I've got a list of things I want to try and get through today. Like, like you would said, the phone call was put into that vault, which is reserved. For top secret and classified information. It had always been used for things that nobody else was supposed to know, and now he has some senior advisors who say, okay, we'll take this phone call, even though it was just a conversation. Right, and when you have a president that's there.
3: unhinged and who's saying crazy things like he did here, what else have they put into that vault?
1: That's what an impeachment inquiry is going to bring out as well. On the flip side, Uh, John, the whistleblower, and we're going to get to more on the whistleblower here in a second, uh, seem to be getting tipped off from what's going on inside. So the president also has to question who's around him, because apparently some of this information, only five or six people in his inner circle would have known this. Somehow it got out to the people, whether it's a whistleblower or the attorneys for the DNC, whoever. So he's got some people around him he can't fully trust. Surprise, you either, surprise. Right? There's leaks in the White House. I mean, that, that goes back to
2: probably the Adams administration, because George Washington didn't live in the White House. I mean, there, there's always been leaks in the White House, and you should expect it. If you're president of the United States, you've got you've to comport yourself assuming that whatever
1: you say or do is going to leak out. And I've always made the contention that... Um, it's going to be a small thing. If, it, if something gets President Trump, it's going to be a small thing which he might admit to and not realize he'd admitted to it. That's what Judge Andrew Napolitano said here, even when the president came out and said, yeah, I asked uh, the president of the Ukraine for this. He says, when the condition, the money, benefits the president's campaign and not American foreign policy, the president has arguably walked into the area of bribery. That is an impeachable offense. So the president may not have even known by saying, yeah, I asked him about this stuff, that that would fall under bribery. Well, look, we all have
3: watched President Trump over the last couple of years. We know the tone of his voice. We also know that he doesn't take his briefings, he doesn't read uh, the classified information they give him prior to these calls. In fact, he probably did walk himself into this problem. Let's step back a minute
2: and, and look at the whole concept of foreign aid, okay? Why do we give foreign aid? We give foreign aid because there's a national security purpose behind it, perhaps. Perhaps there's a foreign foreign policy purpose. And we give it because it provides us with leverage. That's why you give foreign aid. Uh, So the whole Biden getting the prosecutor fired and threatening our aid, well, he was using the leverage that comes with that aid. That's part of the purpose of foreign aid. The question here is is utilizing that leverage to encourage somebody to investigate your political opponent. Exactly. You know, I've got a problem with that. But it's not illegal and it's oh. also not and it's also not bribery. The whole concept
1: of foreign aid is to provide the United States with leverage to pursue its foreign policy interests. You even had the pre- the video we we're showing there is the Ukrainian president who even came out and said, "No, there was nothing inappropriate about this call." I don't know if that's covered, but as you're going down this investigation, there they are again. Now, John, you have nice the, the president of the foreign country who says, No, it was all up and up here, Michael. Like, it's $400 million, guys.
3: And then in that same press conference that we saw where they were both sitting there together, he says to him, Hey, and by the way, you ought to get together and talk to my buddy Vladimir Putin and work out your problems. Oh. Vladimir Putin invaded this man's country, which is the reason we are giving him the aid.
2: Yeah, and it's also, aid to the Ukraine is one of the few things over the last three years that is universally supported in Congress, both parties. Uh, it's, it's, I would argue
1: that it's a vital national interest to give that aid, which the president did provide the aid. Okay, after one, he more, held it. one more thing before we go to break here, but this uh, kind of ties in with all of this. I heard you guys on the radio show, I read the same article that said, If this was a private vote in the Senate, you'd have a significant number of Republicans coming over who would do that, yet they won't come out publicly and say, I would impeach the president.
3: Now, John, John and I have talked about this. I feel as though the Republican Party has been hijacked by Donald Trump. And if you're on an airplane that's hijacked, what do you do? You try to get along with the hijackers to make sure you're not going to die. They are so tied to Donald Trump, they have to continue to follow this man, even though it's going to take them down.
1: This report said 30 Republicans in the Senate would come over. You yeah, said I, you think
2: that's high. I think that's high. And, uh, you know, any any president is going to have members of their own party
1: who privately don't care for them. Uh, this is pretty, pretty standard. All right, still to come on Hancock and Kelly, Joe Biden was the impetus for that entire episode with Ukraine but does the former vice president have something to be worried about? Look about what he is saying and how it differs from the paper trail uncovered this week by The Hill. To hear more, listen to the podcast. Just search for Hadcock & Kelly. All right, we've already compiled one day of information into, what, a couple minutes? (laughs) So here we go again. All right, uh, this past week, a hashtag appeared after the New York Times partially identified the whistleblower. The Times took a a lot of heat after this tweet. It says, breaking news, the whistleblower is said to be a CIA officer who was assigned to work at the White House. His complaints suggest he is a trained analyst. That got a lot of people upset. Trending the hashtag on Twitter Cancel NYT now the times came out and said it was necessary to give that info to establish credibility Right after the president said that somebody who does this ought to face the firing squad Is it okay by the times to at least put this much out there? So there's two questions there One's about what the president said and that's ridiculous to threaten somebody's life because
3: you don't like the fact that we have a process for whistleblowing At the same time, I have a real problem with what the New York Times did. I have great respect for our intelligence folks. Didn't care for it when they exposed Valerie Plume. And how we can sit by and say that it's okay for the New York Times to do it,
1: it, I don't think it's right. Is it necessary for context? To know who this person is? Well,
2: look, the the, the real question you've got to ask yourself is, is that information news? The answer to that is yes. It's news. It's a CIA operative, probably an analyst, uh, who was stationed at the White House. That's news. Uh, I'd much rather see the New York Times reporting news than making stuff up or or putting opinion into their into their news columns. I know that uh, the job of a reporter is to find news and report it, communicate it to the public. The fellow that the, the whistleblower here, uh, he's going to testify before Congress. We're going to know who it is, and and he when he filed that report you have to assume that your identity is going to be made known. You're, you're, you're filing a report against the president of the United States. Your identity but, is going to be made But the
3: assumption known. of a whistleblower is that you don't ever get exposed. Now, maybe because this is the president and the New York Times has exposed this individual, now they're going to have to testify? But the whistleblower process, which was put in on a bipartisan basis, was to keep this from ever happening. you know, didn't have a president now threatening to kill him? Well, guy? he wasn't threatening to kill him. I mean, that was, that was an ill-advised... Why would ill-advised... he even say it? Well, it was... Ill-advised. A... Boy, there's a lot to ill-advised, ill-advised and stupid rhetoric. things happening with this man. But,
2: but the news media's job is to, commu- is to find and communicate news. And that's what this is. i got no
1: problem with it. Republicans say they want to know who the whistleblower is, so they also have context here, because the whistleblower admits they didn't have first-hand knowledge of the activities. Now, okay, here comes the conspiracy part. Law firm representing him apparently tied to the DNC. However, if you identify the whistleblower, nobody's going to come forward in the future. But if it is a, a plant, right, I'm doing air quotes here, a plant, then you need to know that, too, if they're being funneled all this information from inside sources. This one's a tough one. Anytime the president of the United States is on a phone, you got the six closest people around
3: him, they walked out, everybody clearly knew the president did something he shouldn't have and talking the way that he did to the president of Ukraine. It gets mentioned in the office, and thank God there was somebody there to say, This is a violation of the law. That's exactly what happened.
2: There's a lot more chapters to this book that none of us have read. Uh, I think it would behoove us all not to jump to conclusions here. One way or the other, the facts are going to come out.
3: But the president's jumping to conclusions. He's trying to say this is a deep state conspiracy. Why aren't the Republicans leaving under the same thing? The man went through the proper channels, has all the information. All of his facts
1: continue to check out. The facts that don't are Rudy Giuliani's and the president's. We will see. Is it possible both sides are in the wrong? All right, let's talk about Joe Biden here and the fallout from the Trump transcripts. Joe Biden could also be facing a serious issue here. If you follow the paper trail like the Hill did this week, not a right wing organization there. It appears that what the story Biden is giving about what happened with his son in the Ukraine and the firing of the prosecutor doesn't line up with the official documents from both countries. Republicans say if you want to see an actual quid pro quo between the U.S. government and the Ukraine, that's the story you need to be looking at. This Hill story didn't get a lot of attention. I think it got overshadowed, but there's some things in here where it does raise some questions. Even Biden on camera, we've all seen it. Everybody's trying to discount or prove it. It could be possible that both sides have done something wrong here. We can talk about whether or not the
3: relatives of a president or a vice president ought to be getting on boards this message that was delivered by joe biden to ukraine came from the white house the national security agency the united nations nato everybody agreed we wanted this prosecutor fired had nothing to do with the conspiracy theory the republicans are trying to push
2: yeah and sometimes sometimes what's most important is staring you right in the face and it gets ignored the vice president of the united states had a son put on a board of a Ukrainian natural gas company making $600,000 a year. No background in natural gas. He didn't know anything about that. Uh, That seems to me to be a sufficient condition. So if you're talking about useful for a campaign, Trump against Biden, the fact that the vice president's kid was getting paid off $600,000 by a foreign company in a country noted for corruption, which is all true... And, uh, you know, whether or not he was corrupt, whether or not the business was corrupt, all the speculation that's out there is whatever. The fact is, Biden's kid was being paid 50 grand a month for some company, and he didn't earn it. Well, how can you say he
3: didn't earn it? He was on a board. Every president's got this situation. We can go through all the bushes. The Obama kids are too young. This is what happens. People get hired. But, John, to make this an implication that this was a conspiracy by Joe Biden, there's no evidence to back that up. I
2: don't think you need to prove a conspiracy to say this was wrong. And and but, it was wrong for Biden to have. And, and Biden should have, at that point, recused himself from dealing in the Ukraine because his kid's on a board of a major company making six hundred grand a year. Well,
3: well, the facts will come out, just like they did on Paul Manafort, when you all were saying, there's nothing to see here. There's no big deal. We're going to see the facts come they out. It will come the Biden story. This will, is a very well, similar situation
2: safe. to Paul Manafort in many but this, ways.
3: Let's be, let's be clear. This phone call has nothing to do with Joe Biden. Well, this of course, is it has everything president. to do with Joe no, Biden. This, this, this is the president <laughs> trying to have the same election he had in 2016. Change the pronouns. First it was Hillary. Now it's Joe Biden. Facts don't ever seem to matter when it comes to this president.
2: And I think, you know, the politics of it for Donald Trump is he had what he needed without talking to the Ukrainian president. He had Joe Biden's kid making 600 grand with a Ukrainian natural gas company in a corrupt system. That's really all you
1: needed. We will know if it's a legitimate deal if and when the Democrat challengers against Joe Biden decide to raise this. If Kamala Harris comes out and says, "Oh, your relationship, I think well, that's one we know. All right, we need to take a break on this one. Sorry. Still to come on Hancock and Kelly finally getting some names for the Board of Freeholders. I know what you're thinking. What is that? I have no idea what you're talking about. All right, we'll try and clear up some of the confusion. And uh, Michael's going to do that one. John has some insight into Jeff City coming up. Political potpourri time. All right, we're going to have these guys explain some of the big stories this week. That I mean, I cover this stuff. I don't even understand it at times. First up, the Board of Freeholders. Headline from the Business Journal, Crewson names appointments to the Board of Freeholders. You might be saying, okay, what the heck is that? Right, m- might be good to know because the mayor announced appointments to the board, which could have an impact on the future of government structures throughout the city and county. County Executive Sam Page also makes his nine picks. I think the governor gets one as well. Most people say, "What well, Board of Freeholders, what exactly is this? How are these well, people so powerful?
3: We all remember the big discussion that took place around Better Together and the idea of merging the city and the county into one giant city. Uh, there was huge resistance to that, but there was consensus that we've got to do something different about governing. The Board of Freeholders is a statute inside the Constitution that allows us to create this so that the city of St. Louis and the St. Louis County can get together and have these conversations about what can we share in services? Maybe we can reorganize our government. I'm hoping that all the people who said that better together wasn't the right plan, but we need to do something are going to participate in the, the freeholders process because we need to change the way we do government and this seems to be the only pathway right now in front of us
1: well and it's interesting too because this group you read some of the names and uh, you know it's it's high-powered people in town you may not recognize some of the names but it's a mix of republicans and democrats it was set up that way both yeah. in the city and county where you have to appoint on oh, not equal numbers but pretty close so you get a little bit of everybody in these discussions you do it's a community-wide
2: group and you know we've the freeholders have been fired up uh... every about 35, 40 years throughout the history of st louis so this is a We've seen this before. The last time was in the 1980s when Gene McNary uh, tried to get the Board of Freeholders to merge municipalities. Uh, they have some authority to make some reforms, but there's a lot of things. A lot of the things that Better Together recommended, like uh, collapsing the number of municipal courts in St. Louis County. The Board of Freeholders can't do that. Hmm. Uh, they can't reduce the number of police departments in St. Louis County. The Board of Free they can't liquidate the city which is what the Better Together proposal was. The Board of Freeholders doesn't have the authority but, to do that. They do have some authority, uh, and they'll probably make some recommendations. They don't have the power to implement. You know, they, they can recommend, they and, then, say, hey, and then the voters to have but, to but approve But my
3: it. hope is that what comes out of what happened after Better Together and now what's happening at Board of Freeholders, there were a lot of people who were opposed to Better Together saying, we need to make some
1: change. Well, the proof's going to be in the pudding now. There's an opportunity. All right, let's go behind the scenes in Jeff City and the money game into fundraising quarter oh, ends good. tomorrow. Now, you may think it's not a big deal, but there's a lot you can glean from what's transpiring here. This is your this yeah. is your alley. So everybody. it's a mad
2: dash. Tomorrow, the mad dash is over. The, the end of September, it's the end of the third quarter, all the campaigns hustling to get every dollar they can into the door. And this fundraising quarters, particularly this far before an election, they will have an impact on future fundraising. Candidates that are hot, that are looking ascendant, are going to continue to do well. Candidates that underperform in their fundraising are going to look vulnerable and may uh, bring themselves an opponent to the table. And so uh, these these last, you know, 24, 48 hours of a quarter, if you do politics for a living, hmm. it's very exciting. So we'll be able to see if somebody like Greitens is,
1: what, Greit? <laughs> Is it's raising all dark money. money anyway. Oh,
3: okay.
2: Uh,
1: you want to address this one very quickly? Well, no, he's right.
3: No dough, no go. That's what politics is all about. It's a bigger deal on the Republican side because there's such dominance of Republicans in the state and they're all wanting to run against each other. We Democrats are raising money and we're
1: going to take on these right wing Republicans. All right. Still to come on Hancock and Kelly. It is time for some final thoughts. I think we have a cartoon video coming to this. I don't, I don't even get it. You're up on that one next. Time for final thoughts here on Hancock and Kelly on this Sunday morning, and you're up first today. You gotta love the Democrats, Brown. Okay.
2: Every every couple of months they say, "We got him now. Finally, this is." It kind of reminds me of my old buddy Wiley Coyote out there. He was trying to get the Roadrunner, Brown. <laughs> always uh, always coming up with another scheme. Finally, finally we got the sticky goo. Finally, this is gonna get the roadrunner. Beep, beep, here he comes, Brown. Beep, beep, and there's Wiley Coyote, just like the Democrats, waiting and waiting, and here comes the truck. Bam! (laughs) Bam! Uh, I believe the Democrats (laughs) might find themselves looking like Wiley
1: Coyote run over by a truck. Hey, you're not going to hear this type of political analysis with... Bam! There it is. Anybody. And you gotta love the Republicans, <laughs> oh, for my no. final thought.
3: Okay, enough of the Wiley Coyote. So you gotta love the Republicans, right? This is the party, the grand old party, always stood up for the rule of the law, rule of law. They went out and investigated a birth certificate. They've tried to uh, claim that Barack Obama was doing all we have blatant, obvious stuff that shows that the president's violating the law, which leads me to believe that the Republicans ought to be retitled John. Hancock Wellendez. There he is, <laughs> right that, in walking that tightrope of trying to tell us stuff that we all know not to be true. It's because I'm so balanced. Right? Is that look, at you, oh, well, look at you running, oh, Joe. Even going. This is nice why you're work. one of the best consultants in the state, brother.
1: Oh my goodness. All right. Well, I feel like we've put the whole world back together this morning. You guys feel good? We can go out for <laughs> oh, yeah. breakfast well, now. Let's hour? go. Okay. Everything's good in the world. Thanks for watching, Hancock and Kelly. If you missed any part of the show, download it right there on your smartphone. Search out Hancock or Kelly. Fox News Sunday is coming up next. We'll see you next Sunday.